0: Hey, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast, alongside my partner Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler, Scott the Huff, produce the show, Millennial Ben, helping out as well. And uh boy, I tell you what, what a you know, the first night of the draft, Mike Evans. I I normally, you know that I normally hate the draft kind of with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns, right? Because everybody thinks, "Oh, this pick is going to this pick is going to make us a, a world champion or this pick is going to ruin us or whatever the case may be." But I've got to tell you with Aaron Rodgers stuff, with what went down in the draft with the quarterbacks that went up, you know, with the 49ers doing their thing with Trey Lance, dude, yesterday was like the ultimate in soap opera. Well, it was awesome. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers and your role in it, which was Equal parts reporting, a little bit of a flex, <laughs> and uh, you, you know, and I think some some really good intel that you uh, gathered as you found yourself right in the eye of the storm. So what happens is, like I get done, I'm doing a lot of mowing, Mike. I'm sore, and I thought it was because of the second COVID shot I took, but maybe you pointed out this. Uh... Well, go ahead. I don't think you're in mowing shape. I'm not in mowing shape. I'm just not in mowing shape right now. So anyhow, I was a little sore. I took a shower. I laid down for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, kind of rested my eyes, took a little bit of a nap, got up, and I get a I get a text. And the text is, hey, man, Rogers to Denver. It's virtually, it's close to being a done deal. So I'm like, oh, my word. And now this is somebody that I trust. This is somebody, like, literally, I trust. I trust with my life. I mean, this is somebody who's never, ever steered me wrong, and everything this person's ever told me has, has been true um, on many different occasions. So, or several different occasions anyhow. So, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you, you know, I'm, I'm not, this is, like, legit. So, apparently, this offseason, the, <sighs> People are saying or or the sources have said that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay basically agreed to part ways that they were going to trade him. And then basically Green Bay said, no, we're not going to trade you. And that's why in the 11th hour, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is like, either you trade me or I'm not showing up. I'm not playing. And so anyhow, um, that's kind of where. So I get this text. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, of course. You share it with me. <laughs> Who do I call? You. I'm like, dude, you're not gonna believe this. I'm like, get on the radio right, right now. I'm we're... like, what should I do? Yeah, call into our show, into right. our Because show. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a news guy. I'm not no. a, a news breaker. and like, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to let me, uh, let me find three other sources. You know, that's not my job. No, but I know you well enough to know that the the people you trust, you trust. And so when you said you trusted this source, I'm yeah. like, go Correct. with it, man. So, and I did, I did leave a caveat on there. There's always a chance it falls through, right? But Aaron Rodgers is essentially a done deal. Now, it didn't happen yesterday, right? So, I put it out there, right? We talk about it. goes crazy for a while. Then a couple people, you know, pour cold water on it here locally. Not going to happen. It, it hasn't, there's been no conversations, all this baloney. Um, long story short, so we're sitting there doing a radio show for the draft. And I start getting texts. Who do I get them from? Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm like, oh, Aaron's, you know, hit me. Apparently up. you guys really are friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I
1: like, bust Aaron, your balls about that,
0: but apparently you right. are. <laughs> now, Aaron and I have been buddies for since he came in as a rookie. All right. And so I met him as a rookie. We have stayed connected. Um, we're just we've just been tied together that way. So we've always had kind of a and not like we talk all the time, but occasionally, you know, I'll, occasionally something like this will happen. So I don't bother him. So, you know, what are you hearing? Where, where are you hearing? What, who's your source in Denver? I'm like, hey, my source ain't in Denver. Like, it, it's not. And uh, and so I said, any truth to the, any truth to the rumor? Like, what's like what's going on? If you're coming here, you know, let's let's get together. Um, anyhow, long story short, he didn't say it wasn't happening. He didn't say it was happening. But he did say, "Hey, man, if uh, when I know, you'll know." So, uh, so let's kind of piece that together here a little bit, right? right. So, you put it out there. Yeah. He reaches out to you. He asks, "Where'd you hear it?" Right. My reaction, my read of it is that if there was nothing to it, he'd be like, "Hey, listen, you know, just just to let you know, there's nothing to it. I'm not going anywhere. So right. I don't want you to, yeah, you don't, don't want go you to look like far. an idiot, right?" He didn't do that. No. He didn't deny the report. mm And then he said, when I know, I'll let you know. Yeah. Come on. Right. I mean, logically, something's going on. That, well, there's, there's no question that something has to be going on. There's no question that some talks have happened. Um, how far those have gotten? I mean, apparently... According to my source, they've gotten really close. They've gotten really close. But, but again, all these things can fall through. All these things can um, you know can not happen. But I I knowing knowing Aaron, dude, if he tells you that's it, you either trade me or I'm not showing up, he ain't showing up. And you can go through, you know, a myriad of different Adam Schefters and Rappaports and all those guys, and they're basically saying Dude, this is not this does not look like it's gonna end well. It does not look like they're gonna be able to, you know, patch it up and and uh and say they love it. And then each Green other. Bay goes and drafts a cornerback. Right. Not exactly so, the kind of move if you're thinking, right. hey, I'm trying to win back Aaron's affection. Right. Here. And and there have been ongoing there have been going ongoing feuds here going back to like 2017 a little bit of an issue but i think the biggest the biggest thing is here you have Aaron Rodgers who is i mean he's the mvp the reigning mvp of the league right who has done incredible things who's one of the best quarterbacks you've said it many times i've repeated it and and stolen it from you because you're my intellectual property that it's the dynasty that never was and you look at the last 10 years, a decade of first-round picks, a decade of them. So 10 picks in the last 10 years, nine on defensive players, one on your heir apparent. I mean, I'd be pissed too, right? I mean, like, if you want to—Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played in the, in the history of the National Football League, one of the greatest ever. I mean, Ever. And I'm just looking at this from his standpoint, like, one of the greatest ever, and I won't get to sit at the big boy table because I don't have two rings. When we talk about the big boy table, when we talk about, hey, if we're getting together and it's Montana and it's Elway and it's uh, Brady, Brady, Manning, Manning, like, you got to have at least two. You got to have at least two to sit at the big boy table. Now, some guys with two still have to sit at little kid's table, Eli. Peyton's not going to let him sit at the big guy table, right? <laughs> right. Eli's not Eli. getting to the, the big Eli's guy table. Eli's at the kid's table, yep. Right. Peyton will smack him right in the back of the head. <laughs> hey, what, do, hey, yeah. what the fuck? You're not sitting up no. here. Get down there, yeah. little guy. Let me give you a wet willy and get out of here. Yeah, you're <laughs> <of> the <this> a shaver. <laughs> I mean, he ain't sitting there. So anyhow, listen. And, and by the way, for all those people that are on me like, it didn't happen. You're a fraud. You know, you're a blah, 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 blah. Here's the, here's the bottom line. Here, like, guys, understand this. Um, there's not now a moratorium on trading people after pick number nine in the draft. This thing, by the way, this thing is probably not going to happen until June anyhow because June 1, um, if you trade him after June 1 or release him after June 1, you save $22 million on your cap. So, uh, like maybe there's an agreement in principle that consummates June one or what? However, they work that I don't know, but, but my my gut tells me, and and you read the tea leaves, he's not playing in Green Bay. Okay, let's assume then he's traded. How much how much football does he have left in him? He's he'll Mike, turn thirty eight next Mike, season. He, what he did last year. Um, his ability, like, here's what, here's what will blow you away. I spent 45 minutes talking to him last year when I got ready to do a game. Um, I was doing a, a Green Bay Detroit game and literally I, my zoom call was over 40, like we just weren't ending it. It was just this conversation. And like I said, we've, we've had this relationship for a while. It was one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had because Like, that crap on Jeopardy! is not fake. That dude is brilliant. He is a brilliant, brilliant human being. And when you start, the depth of knowledge, the depth of understanding, and his ability to articulate it to people like me is, is phenomenal. And when you start talking about principles and concepts and what he's trying to do, it's it's fascinating. You could see it's like uh, what was the movie with the, uh, the beautiful, beautiful mind, mind right? Yeah. You can just yeah. see all the things that he's thinking about. And sometimes he'll just get into a tangent and he'll be like looking up going. And he's almost like he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Like like at one point he goes, well, I mean, you, you could, you know, you can try to stop our running game. But right, I mean, you're going to leave one on ones for me. I can't imagine that. Like, I mean, he's like, he's like, it's like me walking through the right, airport. Right, right, right. Like, right. he's not even actually looking yeah. at the Zoom call. He's Silly, Aaron. Up, what are like, they thinking? The, like, like, if I was the defensive coordinator, would I leave me alone? No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, it, it was, it was. You're hu- like, yo, Aaron, over here. Yeah, there? yeah. No, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, one And one of the things that was really cool, and this is something I've been reaching out to defensive coordinator buddies of mine, like, explain to me like the fronts how you tie fronts together with blitzes together with coverages and and so you know sometimes guys don't want to give up their little their little machinations in there, and they don't want that out in the air but Aaron said like when he came in to Green Bay he was really tight with Tom Clements longtime coordinator QB coach, offensive coach. And Tom really taught him how defensive fronts are tied to concepts, blitz concepts, and coverage concepts. So if you get into like a 25, like an under front, right? right. 25 front, um, Will Blacker Will Backer off the ball, Sam on the ball, bubble over the right guard if you're in a right handed formation, you know, with a Mike Packer but you get into a front. Well, in a certain front, it's tied to a certain potential blitz concept. So if you get into that front, oftentimes what you'll see when you wanna create an eight man box, the will kicks out, tries to take away the slant route, the mic kicks over. When those two guys kick over, what's gonna happen? This is a quiz. What's gonna happen? I'll tell you, you don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, what's gonna happen is that safety's going to buzz late. He's going to come down and fill that void, so he's going to become a, a, a middle linebacker, essentially, right? You're going to buzz down there, and you're going to get into a single high. So Aaron is like, I don't even really look. Like, this is the first quarterback I've talked to in four years of doing games for Fox. I don't really even look at the secondary. He's like, I look at the front. And based on the front there, and I know what they're going to get in on the back end. So I don't even have to look like I can, I can see like corners looking at me to see if they can get a tell on where I'm going to go with the ball. I'm not even looking at them. Let me just jump in. Where do quarterbacks customarily look? Well, they get in, they want to look at the safety. Are they rotating? You know, they'll look at the linebacker, see who's, who's rotating, rotating down, who's buzzing down, but corners like corners, get into press shoulder square, right? Um, Probably, depending on if it's a single high, like a cover one, single high safety, they're going to have outside leverage, a little bit outside leverage. They're pressed. Their shoulders are square, right? So you look out there, and that's an automatic tell. Hey, man, they're in either, you know, they're in kind of a cover one situation. If they're getting a cover three, it can all look the same, but usually what ends up happening late in your in your cadence, that corner starts to flip his hips and put his ass toward the sideline open up and and that's a sign of zone versus man now you know even if you run a vertical route from that position outside receiver number one running a vertical route i mean that becomes a match man situation so like all these things that guys look at aaron's just like nah. i look at the front (laughs) um i know what you're going to play based on the front so i can turn my back to it and with a, a heavy degree of certainty i know exactly what you're in so when I flip back around, I already have that. I already have my, you know, that beautiful mind, mind's eye right. picture of what's going on. He, he's a fascinating dude, and I think he's convicted, Mike. I think like, uh, I, I like, he's not one. He's not one to mince words, and he's not one when he says that's it. I'm done with you guys. That he's gonna all of a sudden like, hey, let's kiss and make up. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I just like I see. Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. And, hey, we're all going to make it work right, out. It's right. going to be fine. I don't I – don't, I really – right. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, really? You think uh, Jordan loves the answer? And you didn't tell me? And then you came out and said, you did tell me? Like, okay. Yeah. There you guys want to play saying. that game? Well, I'd be curious to see what happens. And and that was, that was hovering over the whole draft. But it still didn't take away from the, the fun of, of the first round. And no. there were some interesting storylines. So – do you buy the idea that it was Trey Lance all along? Yes. You 100 did. Well, but Kyle Shanahan said it. He was But well, oh, but do you believe him? Oh yeah. Now, now there's no reason to lie. There was a reason to lie before, right? There was a reason, reason to keep everybody off balance. But now there's no reason to lie. Like when when they said there was five quarterbacks, they potentially they liked all five. You're like bullshit. There is no way you like all That like, like you know, hindsight being 2020, when you think about it in, in hindsight, and I was going with Chris Sims, like, because he and, and Kyle are such good friends. But when hindsight 2020, you wouldn't move up. Like, San Francisco the only one that was really looking at Mac Jones, like, Mac Jones could be a pause. Nobody else was looking at Mac Jones in the top 10. So when you really, when you know, hindsight's always 2020, but when you really look at it, um, if you're going up to three, there's one potential guy that you're going after because you're thinking the potential of that guy going to Atlanta at for, um, whatever. I, you know, it was it was Trey Lance, and he said there's one guy. Now I think they evaluated the quarterbacks while they had time, and and you know they found things they liked and disliked or whatever. But I think from day one there was one guy that was on his wish list. Think he plays right away? Everyone, I mean, you you don't buy the idea of the no redshirt year. He needs a year or two to get ready. No, I don't. Well, here's here's the deal. Will they probably give him time and start Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably. Will Jimmy Garoppolo play well enough or stay healthy enough for the entirety of the season? I don't know. He hasn't been able to do that, right. but maybe one year. So, um. But I don't I, I really don't I don't buy all that Baloney! Oh, the guy can't play. The guy can't do this. Guy played in a pro style system. He played under center like like nobody else did. So he played under center in a pro style system, like that. Like that makes sense to me, right? That's a that that makes sense to me. The other thing is is Kyle a couple years ago when he was with Washington, his father Mike with RG three when RG three won the rookie of the year. Like, they were still, 70% of their run game was still the wide zone. But they added the RPO aspect to it and the, and the read zone aspect to that game. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're cranking seven yards an attempt. And so, I go over to Mike's house all the time and watch film. Hell, sometimes we're watching Kyle Shanahan film, putting, installing offense for 49ers, like, like we're watching stuff together all the time. Um, he's been a great mentor to me. He's been a, he's become a great friend to me, and um, I owe him a ton. I owe him, hey man, I owe him a career. I couldn't pass a physical, so I owe him my career. Um, I did you know help him get a couple Super Bowl rings, but I don't like to you know I don't like to tit for tat. Uh, you being humble and all, right? Being a humble, anyhow. Uh, but Mike has just been a, a great mentor and a great friend, and uh, like. That RG3 year of RG3's 3,100 yards passing or whatever it was, 1,200 yards came off of one route combination, one route. And and it's essentially one receiver route, X drift. And so what do they do? They said, hey, man, we're going to run, you know, um, 14, like fake 14 read, X drift fake 15 read X drift, Mm -hmm. and what ends up happening is you flag that ball in that read zone thing those linebackers like suck up you know you're getting an eight-man front because you're running the snot out of the ball so you're getting into you know 21 personnel with a tight end on the edge and a fullback and man you flag that ball and those linebackers can't help but take two steps up and you're playing either man or you're playing cover three when you're playing an eight man front and that X drift is like a nine yard just in cutting route. And it's the only thing your quarterback has to read, right? That's it. That's a one. It's essentially a one read. Now you run a burner on the backside. Mm-hmm. Like you run a, you run another receiver at that safety and you make that safety open up and run or sit. If he sits to try to take away the X-drift, mm-hmm. you throw that burner route, mm-hmm. throw it over the top. Um, if he if he opens and runs, which he normally ninety nine times or nine times out of a hundred or nine times out of ten he mm-hmm. has to, that X drift is open, wide open, a hundred percent of the time. So in that thirty one, thirty two hundred, I don't I don't have it in front of me. I don't know what it was, his rookie year, but I know this because Mike told me, as we watched that play over and over again for four hours straight without a piss break, <laughs> that guy's a camel. <laughs> Like, he doesn't pee. I don't know how he does it. Um, Anyhow, um, 1,200 of his passing yards came off that one play over over a third, I would imagine. Threw for 3,200 yards. 3,200 yards. So 1,200, that's over a a third third. of his yards came off of X drift. Dude. So you can do that with... That 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 Lance kid, he could do that all day every day. Yep. With that with the running game they have, the outside zone, and I've told you this, man. I you know, I I consult for a couple of teams. I talk to teams' GMs and coaches, you know, consistently, you know, you see some of the text messages. Um There's not one team that I have talked to in the last 2 years that isn't studying San Francisco's run game. Not one. There is not one team that I've talked to that said, you know who I'm really studying? Kansas City's run game. Or Tampa. Or every single team that I talked to. And this is probably close to a dozen teams, every one of them really trying to break down the the San Francisco run game. Really trying to the angles they create through shifts, through motions, you know, the 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 different insert points with their fullback, like bending back, the bend back stuff they run, the fullback bend back one point and take the defensive end. One point he's got the three technique. One point he's got the willbacker, One point he's bending back for the mic. Like it, like the insert points, and the thing that's beautiful about it is nine guys are always doing the exact same thing on any play they run. One guy is kind of adjusting, and he just has to know, and they have the keyword that that adjusts him, you know, from SIF to – you know, Sif W, what, what, however they, I don't know how they do it exactly. I don't know the terminology, but I, I mean, I know exactly how they do it, but I don't know what the terminology right. is for it. But everybody in, everybody in the league studies them. Everybody. So Lance goes to San Francisco, and for a time there, it looked like Mac Jones, he was going to get the uh, Aaron Rodgers treatment, you know, right. just sliding and the cameras, you know, br- br- the Brady uh, uh, Brady Quinn treatment. Remember yeah. that? Where you're just, you know, everyone's staring at you, wondering, you know, when you, when you're going to get picked. Hey, he, he may have ended up in the best situation possible, huh? New England. I'm watching him and I'm thinking, wow, I, I could see him and Josh McDaniels really, really hitting it off. Every well, you you know that Nick Saban coached for Bill Belichick when Bill Belichick was the head coach of Cleveland and they're tied together, you know, and they they they're tight. Um, you know there's nobody that's got better intel on Alabama players than Bill Belichick has, right? um by all accounts everybody you talk to that dude is that dude's brilliant the the quarterback Mac jones is brilliant um and so it completely makes sense mm-hmm. right you want somebody smart you want somebody that knows i i think the other thing about new england is they are so multiple in what they do from a week to week standpoint um like every team, they all everybody has their staple of plays, right? Or stable of plays, I guess it would be not staple. Eh, they have their staple plays that they run out of their stable of plays, right? Um. Anyhow, trust me. So yeah, so it all makes sense. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, everybody has their plays that they run the majority of the time. But the thing that makes New England, New England, or has with Tom Brady is. Yeah, their, their whole philosophical approach. You talk to anybody who's coaching that organization. We look at what you don't do well, and we make you try to defend that, mm-hmm. right? So, their whole thing, they, they their their company wide mantra is, um, make the opponent play left handed, mm-hmm. and it's a great you know it's a great philosophical approach. There was a reason for years and years and years. The one team who had more college graduates on it than any other team in the league was the New England Patriots because mm-hmm. they needed guys that were smart. Well, they're interesting because unlike a lot of teams who you know maybe have a system that's designed to have their quarterback be mobile, for the most part, it's what made Cam Newton going there so didn't seem like a good fit, didn't mm-hmm. seem like the right fit, is that they don't put a premium on their quarterback moving around. They put a premium. Right. We'll build you a good offensive line. They tend to have one of the better offensive lines every year, mm. and we'll protect you. And then we expect you to make good decisions in the pocket, keep our offense on schedule, yeah. And Mike, I look at mobility different. I just, I just, I know do. you do. I look at mobility. Mobility to me is how do you move with the ball in your hand inside the tackle box from tackle to yeah. tackle. How do you manipulate the pocket? How do you slide? How do you keep your eyes downfield? How do you deliver? So let me ask you this. So if I get edged, if I'm blocking for you and I get edged a little bit and I wash the guy by you, can you step? Mm-hmm. Can you slide? We used to work on it all the time, just wash technique. Wash the guy by and rely on your quarterback to move within the pocket, yep. not to take off and start running just to slide ever so slightly, keeping his eyes down. You you almost have to feel it as a quarterback. That's the movement I want. Where you're still protected because of the pocket. You're still protected in there. You can slide around. Watch like watch uh, Matthew Stafford manipulate. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford can't outrun me. Well, not take that back. Everybody can outrun me, but you know what I'm saying. Like Matthew Stafford, ain't, if you line up all the quarterbacks, right. man, he's gonna he's gonna be in the last third. Um it's just, it. The guy is the guy's amazing inside the pocket, and and that's really that to me really is that's the mobility I'm looking for. That's it's, more important yeah. than that. Get outside and can you be a run threat? And can we design? You know, can we design ten runs a game for you? Listen, I understand it's really helpful. In it's really helpful in the red zone. Yes, where it truly becomes. Like it truly becomes eleven men in the box. So you think about the red zone. Most everybody in the red zone. I'll just give you kind of a tutorial on how the NFL works right now. Most everybody in the red zone plays quarters. That's the defense they play, they play quarter coverage, right? But you've got to understand, um, and that means that means you know the corners got a, deep, a quarter of the field deep. The other corners got a quarter of the deep field, and both safeties. It's two high safety. Look, both safeties have quarters. Yep. Um, And there's different ways to attack quarters, you know, where you can get a one-on-one on on a linebacker on a, you know, on a back type of thing, but there's different ways to attack it. Um, But the bottom line, what you have to understand is you get into the red zone. The end zone is the 12th defender, right? So the, the safeties where they normally have their heels at 12 to 14 yards, their heels are at eight yards because they don't have to worry about getting beat over Mm -hmm. the top. So. For the safeties in today's game, if you show run, they can trigger from 14 yards and be two yards at the line of scrimmage by the time the back hits there. But at eight yards deep, they'll be in the freaking backfield. So that's where having a quarterback that, that can run down there makes it true 11-on-11 11 11 football. And that's an, that's an advantage if you – I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that right now. And that's why it's important to understand how to run the ball, um, you know, when you don't have that guy. I I just don't buy the idea that, you know, the days of the pocket, true pocket quarterback are done yet in this league. And that it's all about that dual duality. Because Mm -hmm. I'll just take you back just a couple years ago to the Super Bowl between Philadelphia and New England. Two statues. Right. Tom Brady, Nick Foles. Those two combined – for 41 to 33 mm-hmm. score, 850 yards passing. I think eight touchdowns between the two of them and one sack. Right. One sack between the two of them. Two slowest guys on the field. Easily. One sack. Right. Meanwhile, some of these most these mobile quarterbacks, sure they're mobile, and they'll make some plays. They also get sacked 45 times a year. Yeah. They run into them. Yeah, I I mean, I I'm I'm with you, man. I'm a I'm a believer in until you show me cons- a consistent, it, it, you show me a consistent book of winners that that win I'm not talking about winning games. I'm talking about winning championships that scramble around and win them that way. Right. When you show me, um, you show me a consistent book of those that that do that. Then I'll be like, yeah, you know what? The league has truly changed. Right. But as long as the drop back guys, the guys that can eviscerate you from the pocket, the guys that understand coverage and fronts and blitzes and how to get from one side to the other Till you show me that guy is done winning championships, I'm going to stick with that guy. Mm-hmm. Last thought. You've done some Chicago games. Yeah. Your your thoughts on uh, them making a big move, moving up from what, 20 to 11 yeah. to get Justin Fields. Was that a just a brilliant football move by those guys, Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, or was that there's some job preservation behind that move. I, I think if, if you're splitting the pie, Mike, if you're if you're cutting the pie, and you got two pieces of pie that you're cutting, um, I think I think seventy percent is football related. I think Justin Fields shows incredible talent, incredible. The biggest thing for me, Mike, is toughness. Guy, the guy that shows toughness. Like, that play in, against Clemson where he essentially almost gets sawed in half. And there's probably some type of rib cartilage damage or something's going on there. And he stays in that game and deals. Like, that's one that I look at and go, that guy can play. I, I, that guy can play for me. Like, I, I, like, I like that. There's no question, he, you know, athleticism, pocket presence, his ability to throw the ball. He's accurate to all places on the field. Um, he's done all those things. And, you know, if he holds the ball, it's probably because he's, if he holds the ball too long of his fault is I hold the ball too long. It's because I know I can make a play cause I'm big and strong and athletic and I can get that done. Um, which I think can be coached up to a degree. So a uh, bottom line is I love the maturity. I love the toughness. I mean, this guy essentially got the, the big 10 to come back and play football yep. this year. Yep. Like, he's the, he was the catalytic event that got that His done. intangibles are off the chart. And that's, and I, you know, I was talking to a GM last week that said, hey, listen, you can talk about arm talent and athleticism and, you know, and you can talk about all those tangible things because the bottom line, it's the intangibles that matter the most. At that position, you got to be able to lead your whole team, not just your offense, the whole team. And it's the, like I I think he has that. So, um, so I would say seventy percent is all of that stuff. Thirty percent preservation, like ah, oh, we got to have something that works. You know, yeah. we, at least we got to sell some hope. Yeah, but and buys us a little time. They were playoff team last year with Trubisky. True, and they have outstanding defensive personnel. Um, and um, and we shall see. We we shall see what they do. Well, it was an interesting uh, first day, and. We'll see what happens over the weekend. Uh, yes, we shall. Hey, man, for everybody. Hey, well I gotta, I gotta also thank uh, our our great folks over at Superbook. I forgot about. Gosh, how stupid am I? Um, our presenting sponsor, the great folks Superbook for America's best bet. Check out Superbook here in Colorado. By the way, I immediately, seriously, when you had your Rogers report, uh-huh. I immediately went and looked, and you helped move a line, my friend. You helped move yeah, the line. Really? Yes. Yes, you did. You helped move the line. The Broncos um, odds went Yeah. They went up. By the way, my guy Pat McAfee wants me to come on a show a little bit later. Ah. Uh, what fan base should I piss off? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go after Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. Mean, how stupid can you be? Getting another wide receiver right. while your quarterback's your leg quarterback is being... essentially got his leg amputated yes. during a game. <laughs> That's right. Right? Right. But you think a wide receiver is going to get you yeah. over the top. Yeah, go piss off Bengal fans. Yeah, yeah there, there's, right. a, there's a reason you yeah, suck. You got Let this. me tell you guys why you, you suck. Nobody it's, does like, it better. it's like Tommy Boy. Let me tell you why I'm a bad salesman. <laughs> right? <laughs> All book. right, for everybody Super involved. <laughs> Thank you, Super For book. Mike, myself. <laughs> Superbook, (laughs) stupid Cincinnati. Jets fans. Jets fans. Talk to you later.